people live righteously. It's time for another episode of The Culture Hall. It is episode number 458. It is an Articles of News episode. I'm joined with this for the first part, for the first and second block, with Janae Manite and uh, her daughter, Ovaltine. I can never remember your daughter's name, but she's got the cutest bows, and I just want to call her Ovaltine. Well, you can, I, I give you permission to do so. Her but name is Eden. Eden. That's, I knew it was something like Ovaltine. Like, like the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. doesn't matter. I mean, it matters to her, obviously. She's cute. It is worth becoming a Patreon subscriber so that you can see cute Janae's daughter. And let's start there. First of all, if you listen to the special episode from last week, we made a call out and uh, encourage you, if you did not listen to that episode, to go back and listen to it. It's like five, six, seven minutes. Or you can just go to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall and become a Patreon saint. Basically, here's the gist. I'll save you seven minutes of your life if you haven't listened to it. We would like to do more with the cultural hall and more costs money. So please think about pledging if you have never pledged before. If you are a pledge, I know you could be like Tyler Harper, who he went from a lower nominal pledge to a higher pledge. Uh, a shout out to Lisa Spice, who was uh, is a, another donator. Rachel Ward, who became a Patreon saint. Jerry, I don't know what Jerry's last name is, or maybe that is the last name, but Jerry is one. Trevor, as well, um, became a Patreon subscriber. And Nancy, lots of Patreon saints from that, that uh, little thing that I shared last week. Other people reached out and made a donation via Venmo. Other people reached out and said, hey, I'm considering how to do this. Uh, would love to talk to you. Uh, you can send those emails and those questions at contact at theculturalhall.com, which also is sponsored by Utah Taste Off. You can find them on social media and get those delicious home kits uh, where you can have things like... Uh, Oh, man, I'm looking forward to the soup one that they're doing. You go pick up a bunch of different kinds of soups, and then you don't have to make stuff. Whoopie pie is one I've kind of toyed around with when that comes out. They make a, a different taste-off kit every Sunday that you can pick up. And that's obviously just for the people who live in Utah. They don't ship yet, but they will. Janae, in addition to being in your cute, lovely home with your cute, lovely family, what else is new for you? Goodness. Well, of course, we just finished up Halloween, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Mm -hmm. it is. The older I get, the more I realize I really like Halloween. Is I'm it, one of those weirdos. Is, it's it, like, is it your holiday? Best. Is it your holiday, do you suppose? Sure. Sure. I, yeah. Because you only get like meaning. <laughs> you only get one. Like if, if Halloween is your holiday, then you have to lean into the going way over the top the decorations that you plan out all year long. So be wise with the choice of making it your holiday. Okay. Yes. I fully embrace Halloween as my holiday. Okay. I like, I could literally take you around my house and show you. I spent a good solid. What's what's 24 times five spent five days straight. sewing costumes for my family. 120 and, is uh, the answer to that math. Math is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it, I, I fully leaned in, as you said, to this holiday, and it was a good time for sure. So you're giving me very little to go off of, though. You said it's five days of costuming. I want to know what it is that the cute Janamanite family went dressed as that took so long <laughs> to get ready. Well, my my son, my second son, who, as you know, is blonde, blue-eyed, very fair little guy, he decided he wanted to be Jafar from the live-action Aladdin. Sure. 
So I'm like, oh, <laughs> for real. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess, I guess I'm like, you don't have to twist my arm to do Aladdin family. So, uh, so he, my super fair little child was Jafar, my oldest son who looks a little bit more like me, or at least painted like me. He was Jeannie, like Will Smith's Jeannie. Okay. And then our tiny little Eden, she was Jasmine in her turquoise, pretty turquoise costume. And then my husband was street rat Aladdin. Uh-huh. And if anybody guys have seen that, the, did you, did you watch the live action version of uh, that movie? Uh, you know what? Did I'm, you go see- I'm going to lose people that would have any sort of respect for me as a human being. I have not seen live action Aladdin. Oh man. Richie, a tiny piece of me has died. I, I want you to know that repentance is possible. So don't, so don't give up on me. Hey, well, do you do you have the Disney Plus? Uh, I okay. You are putting you are putting me to shame as you peel back a curtain and find out. No, no, we we have leaned away from a lot of the streaming services because here's a thing that anyone who knows me knows about me. If I can do a thing, I either do that thing a lot or I don't do that at all. That idea of moderation in all things is not a skill I have developed. Okay. Yeah. You and your wife, you guys come on over and you can watch live action Aladdin at our house. Okay. But anyway, Aladdin has a costume in that, uh, in that movie. So I made that for my husband. And then I ran out of time because it was 5 PM on Halloween day. And so I didn't make myself with my costume, which was going to be Jasmine street rat clothes. So I threw something haphazardly together and it was totally fine. I was happy to see the rest of my family all dressed in and cute and we had all the family over we had dinner like Mm -hmm. soup and pizza and my mother-in-law made a little game for the kids and then we went trick-or-treating like normal Uh it was a good time yeah it was a good time and you know how well our neighborhood does uh halloween sure sure how many people from having all of the in-laws over have tested positive for coronavirus <laughs> everyone's in good shape that definitely is a worry for a lot of people and and i you know knowing you and knowing how you take care of things i would imagine that that is something that you guys were able to do responsibly and and distant and in, in all of that stuff but you know we had the hand sanitizer out and we you know we said stop kissing each other no kissing <laughs> no don't you spit in your sister's soup none well, of that good so, well, that, well that's good that's good that's good I would I would be curious about that it, uh, is because of the pandemic and all that uh, we as members of the church were big on families uh, we you know we focus a lot of the time on uh, the ability to be able to be with our family in heaven when we die but are you changing what family looks like for the holidays because of the pandemic or are you just saying well here we go we have kind of decided because we don't have anybody that's like in a in a what would it be? We don't have anybody that's older, super, you know, super older or who's immunocompromised or anything like that. We have felt like, okay, we will of course tighten our circle of who we feel is probably a good idea to, to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And that has included the family that lives right here close, unless somebody's obviously not feeling well, or has maybe they've been around a bunch of people recently. Mm -hmm. Like if someone had just traveled, 
kind of thing. Cause all the, all the brothers-in-law and my husband still travel for work sometimes. And so we're a little cautious after that has happened, make sure like everyone's feeling good. There was no reason to go. I, I don't know. Yeah. We've, uh, but we haven't completely closed the circle off sure. if that sure. makes any sure. sense. Sure. Uh, vulnerable was the word you were looking for. I think anyone that would be thank you you're welcome I it took me a second too I'm like I know the word I've said that word probably every day but yeah vulnerable is the word so it's sort of interesting uh my family so my parents are a little bit older than your parents because I in effect am older than you and uh I got together uh just yesterday at a park with my mom for dinner she has been for the majority of the summer she has a second home in Washington where it's on an island and they don't like people there. Not my mom necessarily, but like the people on the island don't like people there. In general. Yeah, in general, they don't like people there. So she has been safe as far as all of that goes. Well, we hadn't seen her since she'd been back and she'd been back about a month or so because we, although we had had coronavirus and sort of been on the other side, she has been very cautious extremely cautious some might say paranoid as to who she's exposed herself with and so we met at a park at dinner time which if you're thinking about utah and daylight saving time etc we sat in a park in the dark for a couple of hours because we wanted to you know mitigate any sort of concerns with it being uh, being outside and you know she wore a mask the whole time that we talked and and it was my wife and, and uh, myself and then my, my stepdad and my mom and just hung out. And it was great to be able to see them. It's important we don't cut ourselves off. But as you point out, it is a port, an important thing to be making the considerations of what those holiday celebrations are going to look like. Because if they're looking different, and this is where I was hoping to kind of get to, if they're looking different, they're going to feel different. And I know that that will be really hard for a lot of people where it's like, oh, normally we have the 100 person celebration where we do the spit exchange thing. And, and that's not going to work uh, this year. Although I don't know why anyone would do a, a spit exchange. Right. I mean, unless you're in college playing like those kissing games. Yeah. Those kissing games you play in college. It's great fun with all the kissing games. Yeah, no, and maybe I'm not the best person to ask because both both my, even when this all, all kind of came down in uh, in March was when it hit America really heavy, I think, and uh, lockdowns began. Both my husband's parents and my parents very, made it extremely clear. We are not going to not see you guys. Hmm. Like, don't worry about us. Yes, we're in our early 60s. Don't worry because we're not worried. We would rather, I don't, I don't know. They just were very like, nope, if you're, if you guys aren't worried about your health, we're certainly not worried about ours, hmm. which maybe that was, maybe that was wise of them. Maybe that was not so wise of them, but they were like, nope, we're going to just, we, we still want to come and see you. Don't, don't separate the family on our account mm. essentially is what they said. So we were really careful with my sister-in-law who was pregnant at the time. Mm -hmm. And then right after had her baby. But other than that, because the older parents are like, Nope, we're good. As long, if you guys are good, then we're good. Mm. Then all of us younger people are like, just kind of shrugging our shoulders and like, okay, okay. I mean, we're, our kids are back in school. And so that right there is like, okay, well, if we're spending time at school with, you know, a bunch of other kids. Right. So anyway, so again, maybe I'm not the right person to, to ask, but that is 
that's what's going on in my particular household. I, I think it's an interesting perspective because it's one that's not shared very often in the cultural hall. So I, I appreciate it, you know, that there are people that are interacting with uh, the virus in a different way and who have made the decisions, you know, the the adult decisions is to be like, hey, this is this is how we're going to do it. This is what we're going to do. The only uh, and last thing, because, man, our, our lives between the election and COVID, like, can we talk about something else? And don't worry, we'll get yeah. to election stuff. Uh, has anyone in your family tested positive? Have you guys had anyone that's had it? No, no, not yeah. at all. Yeah, I, which we're glad. About. Sure. I will be curious to find out and hopefully we can have you uh, on to do news again in another episode just in general. But if someone in your family does test positive, goes through the cycle of it, I would be curious to know if perspectives change once someone has had it. OK, definitely. Sounds good. And I hope that that happens if it's going to happen with some with uh, my me or my husband or someone that's younger and not one of my parents. Sure. I'd rather I'd rather test that out and then shift uh, attitudes with somebody who's probably going to be OK afterward, as opposed to my mom and dad. So sure. um, we're going to take a break uh, coming up in the second block. We're going to do actual articles of news coming up in the third block. Uh, Brother Kyle was supposed to be a part of this episode. Know that he is dearly missed, but know also the reason why I bring him up even at this time is the third block. We're talking all about miracles. There is a guy by the name of David Stone who has written an entire book about how miracles continue to exist today. And Brother Kyle, if you're listening to this, which I know you won't, so shame on you. He actually shares a very sweet message specifically and only for Brother Kyle about miracles. And so that is worth listening to. That's coming up in the third block. We'll come back and do articles of news right after this. Traveling via the internet down to Texas to talk with, you know, a, a friend of mine who I was doing math 23 years. Uh, good to have you, Russell Wild. Thanks. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, talking. We haven't spoken about living scriptures in a while. Uh, first of all, people should know they can go to the show notes for this episode and they can see at the top three asterisks and then it says free living scriptures for a month and then three more asterisks and you can click on that and get this very thing which russ is about to tell us all about what are you guys watching well i'd just like to take this opportunity to thank the good folks at living scripture for scriptures for not skipping thanksgiving okay so many people are already just christmas movie all the time heck our family even watched the Polar Express recently. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we jumped the gun. Sure. Admittedly, we jumped the gun. But they've got a whole section in the Living Scriptures app for uh, giving thanks, the month of thanks, which I think is kind of cool. So like what? Because I think of Thanksgiving films and I think of the Peanuts where uh, Charlie right. Brown makes popcorn and toast. Uh, there are several Thanksgiving movies, you know, like uh, the Living Scripture style, you know, the, the historical figures that they did. They've got one on William Bradford. OK. Uh, and then there are just other uh, movies that uh, have to do with being thankful and Thanksgiving. I mean, they've got Praise to the Man in there. That uh -huh. is one. They've got um, episodes of series that they have on in the app that um, are related to being thankful, Okay. Uh, which I think is you know, like the Kindness Diaries. I believe that's a BYU TV show that's that's it's in there uh the, the one that my my kids watched there was a an episode of davy and goliath are you familiar with davy and goliath davy and goliath no i am not this sounds awesome it's, it's an old stop motion animation <laughs> uh like old school thing but there was one the episode's called pilgrim boy uh my son who is turning five this month 
he, whenever I put on Davy and Goliath, he's like, Dad, this is creepy. <laughs> but I think they're, uh, I think they're, I think they're hilarious. And you so mentioned- props for Thanksgiving, uh, but they also you they also have a coming soon tab where it's just filled with uh, Christmas related stuff. So oh, it's coming. Sure, sure, sure. And you bring up uh, two good points. Like some of this stuff, because there's so many titles, series, movies, shows, etc. I mean, I, I don't know that the folks at Living Scriptures would say, please laugh along at these things. But there are a lot of things that you can kind of watch and go, oh, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And then you watch it and you go, what, did, what were we watching? And uh, also things that you brought up your five-year-old kid. You can just say, hey, kid, go entertain yourself with Living Scriptures and not have to be worried about anything that he might watch. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and the new stuff this this week is kind of the stuff that we've been doing on uh, for our family home evenings and uh we use it to supplement our scripture studies. Obviously, uh, in the Come Follow Me scheme of the year, we're getting into the book of Ether. And so there's that classic brother of Jared uh, living scripture video that I remember from my childhood about the stones and whatnot. And so I'm excited to watch that coming up with the kids so they can experience Mahan Rai miraculous vision of the Lord. It is the brother of Jared. It was later it, it was later discovered to be Mahan Rai Don't get people confused. Uh what about your I wife? know, but <laughs> Mormon just couldn't chisel that into the gold plates yeah, that too many long, times. Too long. Too many yeah, brother of Jared, much shorter than Mahan Rai Moriankamer. Uh anything that your wife is watching in particular or that you've snuck away to and and watched on your on your lonesome? Um no, we 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 I know I've talked about this before, but it's it's on the app now and we just haven't uh we have a new baby. I don't know if you remember that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. still we're still juggling the new baby schedule and you know the four other kids. So <laughs> like finding time to watch something together isn't exactly a gift that we're uh, excelling at a skill that we excel at. Uh-huh. But uh, we both are anxious to watch the last descent uh, about the uh, tragedy at the nutty putty caves there in Utah County. And it's there now and they've been previewing it for a while. And so we've been excited about it, but it's there and we're ready to watch it, but we just haven't been able to get there yet. Well, but- we'll get to it. I'll dismiss you. I'll let you go. I'll let you be back with your wife. Maybe the kids are in bed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know your life, but you know, uh, sneak them, put them in one room with the Living Scriptures app, and you guys uh, sit down to the last descent. Do it. Do it. Go. Go do it. I'm gone. I'm turning it on. I'm going to go cry. I think it's going to be sad. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, Janae Manite, you know what we do. Let's hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Lots of great stories. Uh, there is tons of just like oh isn't that interesting sort of news to catch up on well for example uh the deseret news and the salt lake tribune this is maybe more towards salt lake but certainly an indicator of how things are going across the country uh the deseret news will no longer be doing a daily print newspaper as we get into 2021 there will be a magazine called deseret and um and I don't know that people know this, but similar to like the Wall Street Journal, uh, some of the other newspapers, there is a print version of the Deseret News that goes out United States wide that people can get delivered to their doorstep. Did you know that? I was that? unaware of that. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Uh, other interesting thing of note, I haven't heard from you about this, but um, there is a new series uh, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is doing uh, called Saints Channel Studios. Uh, it's where they visit with artists about, uh, you know, their music and their inspiration. Have you seen any of these videos? 
No, I have not, but I'd be super interested. So uh, you you need to subscribe to the church's YouTube channel, and if you look really closely, you might recognize the host of this new YouTube series. Really closely. Mm-hmm. Might he have a ginger hair? Uh, I mean, by chance, he he may. What are you what are you alluding to? Would he perhaps have a slight pinkish pallor to his skin? Uh, he, he might. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Well, that would be really great to, to check out. I was unaware that you were doing that until this last article's news with uh, with Brother Kyle, where you've mentioned it. Yep. Have they, uh, have you, have you interviewed Jenny Phillips quite yet? No, but I should. I absolutely should. Yeah, you should. Uh, today. I've been with her for years. Oh, really? Uh, I I definitely would mm-hmm. love to, assuming that the church picks up uh, the series, because that's what you say. You say terminology like if they pick yeah. up another, you know, they buy another season. When this latest episode drops. Exactly. And they will, uh, yep. Yep. Um, they drop another episode today. Uh, there were three previous episodes, uh, one with someone named Emily B. Great voice. So cool. She rocks the guitar. Uh, then we got Nathan Waite, who it's fun to hear people's response to that interview because you're talking to him and you sort of expect how, uh, you you know, you sort of know what he's going to sound like when he starts singing. And then he starts singing and you're like, whoa, that guy, that voice? What? What is? Oh, OK. Uh, and then Madeline Page, who a lot of people will recognize um, from The Voice. Uh, oh, yes. She she did a, a little bit of a series on that. So, um, yeah, you can check that out. There's only seven in there, again, terminology, if you don't mind, the, in their initial order. So uh, we'll see. The response has been great so far. And a lot of people who have found the cultural hall because of those interviews. And it's been really great. The people who have emailed contact at the cultural hall dot com and said, hey, I didn't know you were doing this. It's completely separate. It's not my day job. It's just a thing that the church hired me for. And, and a great opportunity. So I am grateful for it. That's wonderful. Now I've got like a whole list in my head of who I, I want you to talk to Caleb Blood. I want you to, uh, that's well, great. With a name like Blood, what? That, okay. Oh, Caleb Blood's amazing. He's fantastic. When, when I ask uh, Caleb Blood a question, I would hope that he would go, I don't know. With a last name like Blood. You know, um, is there any sort of news that you have kind of seen, Janae? And I know I gave you the invite because Brother Kyle bailed sort of late uh, that you maybe didn't get a chance to gather a bunch of news. Is there anything that you have noticed uh, within the church news recently that, that you're like, oh, I feel like we should probably talk about this? I mean, the main things that I've seen, I know you guys already spoke about. I mean, obviously, Senator Mike Lee compa- <laughs> comparing... Uh, uh, Captain Moroni to Donald Trump. That was a little interesting. Now, um, I mean, let me, let, and... let me ask let me ask you about that because from people who have listened to the Cultural Hall for a long time, they they would know you to be maybe one of the more conservative voices here in the Cultural Hall. Uh-huh. Were were you as offended as you heard Brother Kyle and I to be? Oh my goodness! Just my insides, just like it was like full body cringe. Like mm. no. No, why would you do? Why, why would you think that? Why would you say that? That's just all, just whole new levels of awkward. Yeah, I yeah. think is my where where I would put it for sure. No, um, I mean, we don't need to go into my personal opinion of of Donald Trump 
it, I mean, it's not a great one. And so therefore I wouldn't, um, that's not, that's not to say that I did or did not vote for him, but him as a person, uh, I have an incredibly massive, uh, massively special place in my heart for Captain Moroni. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's, there are just very few people in existence that, uh, you know, past and present that would, come anywhere close to comparing to him Mm -hmm. and so to have someone who you know has some maybe maybe or maybe not he's done a good job trying to take care of our country for the last four years uh but certainly i mean i don't think it's up for debate that he's uh morally he's a little bit of a different type of person Mm -hmm. um than we would all hope to him to be uh and so to compare him to captain moroni is like yeah and I, I there, there are no words i wish that uh for those that aren't patreon subscribers that they could see the vomitous motions that you're making as you make those noises i appreciate that yeah. uh, we we have long known that the church is making a, a new hymn book they asked for submissions um and they received nearly sixteen thousand submissions for the what is going to be latest hymn book when it comes out. Now, uh, there was a survey that went out. Uh, I actually participated in said survey. There were 50,000 of us who responded uh, about sacred music, what we thought sacred music is and what it isn't, what it should be, um, where, as we're looking for the new formation of the of the hymn book, uh, what should be included and maybe what should be excluded. Um, it went... Um, the, the music that has been submitted encompasses music from 66 countries, which I thought was interesting. And like I mentioned, those 16,000 offerings, um, they don't have a date yet for when this new hymn book is going to come out. They've said, hey, here's an update. And the church news was like, update to this whole thing. And there's no update. We don't know a date. They haven't said this is when this is coming. They have not given us any of those things. So it's, it's an update that wasn't an update. <laughs> okay. So well, I, we, I think we're all pretty much um, used to that, where we get an update on who's going to be the next president. Oh, we still don't know. That's yeah, the update. Yeah. When are we going to get this new hymn book? Well, yeah. we're not really sure. So We'll update you as soon as we've updated your update. Now, let me ask you, what is your, if you had to pick one jam in the hymn book, like what is your song that don't you dare take that song away? Ooh, ooh, um... Oh my gosh! Why am I losing? The, it's like it's like the it's like one of the first five. Uh, How firm a foundation? The, Spirit of God. The, no, where I ask it, shall the youth of Zion falter? What shall is the, the title youth of, that of one? Zion fall? I'll sing the whole thing now. Um, no. no. True. True. Oh my true, gosh! True the, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can sing. Is is it called "True to the Faith"? I can sing every single lyric to this song. I can't think of what. I'm so verbose today. I can't come up with the word "vulnerable," and I can't think of my uh, my favorite hymn's title. It's ridiculous. Goodness uh, gracious! You know what? Sorry, Uh, you couldn't. But that one. You couldn't defend it with uh, with a title, so you're out. Sorry, pal. That one. I I deserve that. Yeah, they're gonna automatically take it out. Uh, even if they weren't going to before, because you couldn't remember the name. Just it, to spite me. Yeah, sorry. 
Let's see. Uh, how about oh, is it? It's not the morning breaks. That's not the uh, high on the mountaintop. That's first five. Morning breaks, Spirit <gasps> of God. Now That's let us rejoice. Truth eternal. High on the mountain. High on the it's mountain. Top. High on the mountaintop. Okay. All right. Okay, there, there we go. Is Him. that so? That's completely different than what than, than what, what we I were was singing. <laughs> How embarrassing! No, this you're is fine. being recorded for many, many people to listen to, and it's just one more like ah, that's your name and night. Yeah. Goodness gracious! Listen, I'm just looking forward to the day. Not on here all that often lately. I'm looking for the stop. I'd have you on here whenever I could. I'm looking <laughs> forward to the day when Little Eden, who is what? How old is she now? She just turned two. Oh my gosh, she had the cutest birthday it was oh i i am an obnoxious mom she's sure. so cute sure uh she just had her birthday a couple weeks ago you didn't start a forest on <laughs> fire me. i i hope she's as part of a birthday celebration, oh no that's right? only that's only when new babies are oh. being announced oh okay 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 I get, I get so confused with what parents are expected to do nowadays but back to my point i look forward <laughs> to the day when little eden contacts me years from now uh in in the cultural hall and says hey so you have those recordings of my mom. Would you mind taking those down, please? That whole COVID thing, <laughs> that whole she didn't know which him thing that she did. Can we can we just take that down? And I'll be just like, take it down. Eden. It's really difficult for me to get a job right now <laughs> to be taken seriously as I apply to different universities. Just take mommy down. Yeah, please. please. Uh, other yeah. just quick yeah. bits of news. The uh, the grand for, uh, ground rather for the Taylorsville LDS temple uh, has been broken. Garrett Gong, elder uh, apostle Gong. Um, he was there and was the one, the apostle, who took care of that. And also my aunt, who said it was an amazing experience, got to be there. Oh, because she's because she's the mayor of the town uh, that that happened in. So, oh, for real? Yeah. So she got so she got to be there and uh, said it was a, a very unique, awesome, spiritual, just great, great, great experience. So. So that uh, happened. Also, Oscar McConkie Jr., you hear the last name McConkie, um, and you know, that. well, that's, that's a church name. Uh, he is a Democrat. He is also a, a lawyer. And when we think of Curtin and McConkie, he is the McConkie of Curtin and McConkie, the law firm uh, that works a, a lot of time in cooperation with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, he is the younger brother of Bruce R. McConkie, he recently passed away as well. Oh, there you go. Um, have you seen this? You remember the, the missionary that passed away in um, Switzerland, Janae? Did you see this a couple weeks ago, hiking on a P-Day? Oh, yeah. no. Sorry, Eden wants to sing for us. Um, I unfortunately, no, I did not see that. Yeah, so this was a couple weeks ago. Um, there are a group of missionaries that are serving in the Alpine German speaking mission so that the name of the the mission is alpine uh it's the german speaking mission they hopped online and there is this gorgeous video uh, and and i encourage you to take the minute or two to check it out um it's tagged in the notes at the culturalhall.com um for this episode they they do a modern dance as sort of a tribute to the sister missionary. Now you wouldn't think that, right? Like um, immediately there are some people that are like, that doesn't make sense. I don't know how that's a tribute. What a weird thing. Watch the video. It is a, such a beautiful tribute um, to this sister missionary who passed. So you can check that out. Uh, find that at the link at theculturalhall.com. 
What is she singing? Eden, what are you singing? Are you going to hum for everyone? Can you say hi? She says, give me the binky back. I'm our singer and our dancer. So sorry you're getting a little uh, a little humming in the, in the background from our tiny girl. If you could just get her to hum the, the, the melody of the you can't lose articles of news, I'd love it. <gasps> Work mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. She can uh, she'll sing the uh, that little super famous note from or super famous little uh, couplet or whatever it is from Frozen 2. Like well before she'd ever seen that movie. Uh-huh. I don't know how she heard that, but she heard that perfectly. So should we work on Peter Brian Holt's articles of news? We'll do that. We'll work on that. Now are you talking that'll about next. that'll be the Are you talking about Into the Unknown? <laughs> that one? Uh, what what that when she's like ah. Oh, okay. You sing Yeah. She'll she'll sing that at the top of her lungs, which is random because when she started doing it, she'd never seen the movie. She just knew. She just knew. Um, I mean, I guess she heard the music in our house. So there we go. Sorry, you could just delete all of that. No, no, I absolutely (laughs) will not. Let me ask you, you said that she's almost two. Are we terrible twoing yet? Um, Yes, yes. (laughs) This poor has sometimes has a a hard day. Yeah. Yeah. She just had her birthday uh, probably a couple days before her birthday. We get like, oh, oh, this is what a tantrum is. Oh. Because my boys didn't have that. Really? Not so much. Way, not so much. Not so much. Now, isn't, but that's okay. There's, isn't isn't the stereotype? Sure. Forgive me. I've never had a two-year-old in the home of which I've lived. Isn't the stereotype typically that boys would be the more terrible of the terrible twos, or is it that girls? As we make a broad brush, generalized stereotype statement. I really, I don't even know. Is it that they're harder, boys are harder when they're younger, but girls are easier or girls are harder when they're older, like teenagers? I mean, you've got them all. I don't know. So far, my boys just never had uh, really tantrums. And we've got, we've got a few. We've got a few. Mm -hmm. Most, again, part though, she's wonderful. Of course. She's kind of, so. You know, I mean, maybe I just, maybe I'm just the kind of mom that just forgets everything they do two seconds afterward. I just remember all the good stuff. Daily amnesia where you're like, no, they didn't. And then if we could flash to a part of your day where you're pulling your hair out and yelling at the top of your lungs and you just, you know, you just were able to place that out of your mind. Um, Like broken the floor, something's on fire, like... Half my hair is gone. I'm like it's, it was a fine day. Yeah, fine. It's no, great. no, it's good. Really, I. I wouldn't say terrible. <laughs> uh, th- but but this this next story is terrible. Of course, uh, a judge has now ordered the man up in uh, Rexburg, Idaho, um, who. Uh, sexually assaulted, you'll remember we shared this story a, a ways back. Um, essentially, there's a big group activity at the church. Uh, a guy says to one of the girls that was there, hey, uh, we have to lock up. Will you come help me lock up? And once he was able to get her alone uh, is when the assault happened. He'll um, serve the time served. So th- this is what is particularly upsetting. Um he ordered Gary Taulu to spend 240 days in jail. He's already been in jail for 58 days, so he'll only have to reserve those remaining 182 days. He pled guilty to felony aggravated battery so that 
you know, he could kind of plead his charges out. Uh, he will have to complete 50 hours of community service in addition to those 182 days in jail and also spend five years on probation. And a lot of people really upset not thinking that that's uh, enough. And so you can find the entirety of that story. We've mentioned it before. I only bring it up to let you know that he has, in fact, uh, been sentenced, sort of a follow-up to that story. Um from one Latter-day Saint family to another, the Utah Jazz, uh, sold by uh, the Larry H. Miller Foundation to uh, Ryan Smith, which could you get a more Utah, more Mormon name than Ryan Smith? Uh, he purchased uh, the Utah Jazz from the Miller family. Uh, you hear the name Ryan Smith. Do you know Do you know who he's associated with? Did you know before the, the sale occurred? He Qualtrics, Qualtrics, I believe. Yep. Is he the? He is the CEO of Qualtrics, and as uh, and as I understand it, uh, the Vivint Smart Home Arena, which is where the Jazz play, will continue to be the Vivint Smart Home Arena. Uh, but you can anticipate, I think, um, that when that contract with Vivint runs out, that it will be the Qualtrics Arena. I the can't. Qualtrics. Yeah, and it and it should be. In like a in like a bass voice, Qualtrics Dome. Ooh, I love Qualtrics Dome. The Dome. Except it, it, our our arena really isn't a dome, is it? That's true. That's true. We'll come up. We'll come up with something awesome, and then we'll pitch it to uh, to Brother Smith. You know, here's the deal. If we were doing it right, um, we would have to find something because members of the church love alliterations so much. If we were doing it right, we would, you know, get get ourselves. Oh get ourselves a corner yes exactly exactly the qualtrics corner and we spell it with a q i don't know Um, i i'm fully part of that all right well good i'm glad i have your your backup on that uh so many of these other things just kind of like i say quick things there is uh byu pathway worldwide an amazing um educational organization it's uh, essentially a way that people in other countries who couldn't afford to be able to go um, get extra training or be able to get degrees are able to do that through byu pathway worldwide and it seems like they were ready for the pandemic because they have had over fifty thousand students um, that have enrolled within BYU Pathway Worldwide. So that's noteworthy, newsworthy, certainly. And a future episode of the Cultural Hall, I'm going to be speaking with the president of BYU Pathway Worldwide. So Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so worth mentioning. And especially if you're listening to this and going, well, I don't really get how this works. Is this just online school like from BYU Provo or BYU-Idaho? Kind of. Not really. Sort of, though. So there's. Well, I'm sure you'll get when you get to talk with them of course is she being terrible right now is this count as terrible she's being adorable ah. she keeps she my old byu uh id card and is like mommy and she's trying to show me she's like here you're on this your your photos on this card well so oh i i think kind of recircling back then to um our previous conversation about the terrible twos i am going to affirm i think it is your perception of whether it's terrible or adorable. And so <laughs> I'm just teasing. I wish for everyone Probably. to I wish for everyone to see how cute she is 
because hearing the little cooing and the playing behind, and I know that we're probably backing into nap time. Uh, I've got two more stories um, that I would like to just sort of hit up, and then we'll end this episode, uh, or at least this block of the episode. Don't forget, we're talking about miracles coming up in the third block. Um, the sister missionary who was stabbed in Houston, she is next Friday's guest in the cultural hall, and that episode is amazing. You talk about perception and how to be able to have your faith be built and all of those things. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the Cultural Hall so you do not miss that episode. Her name is Lauren Willardson. It's already been recorded. If you're a Patreon saint, you've already had the opportunity to see that video. She is great. Uh, I was certainly inspired is, by that. That was the most incredible episode for sure, or interview. Did, I can't wait for everything to hear it did, did you so you're since you're a patreon saint, oh, did, did you you saw it okay yep. cool i uh, i saw it. he is lovely and impressive and i can't believe the attitude that she has toward the experience that she went through it is incredible and amazing no spoilers um, very i i oh oh no 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 spoilers no not at all i just i hope one day i can i can grow up and be like sister wait what sister willardson yep sister willardson yeah. Uh, and then finally, this uh, the state of Utah, that is the Utah Peace Officer Standards and Training, is moving forward to decertify the BYU police. Now, for people who maybe don't know what this means uh, or what this even is, BYU, that is Brigham Young University Provo, has its own police department. Lots of colleges have their own police department. Um, Utah State, University of Utah, your local university, I'm sure, probably has its own police department. Well, they are being investigated because of some, I don't know the indiscretions is the right word for it, but um, some mishandling of information between sexual assaults and the honor code office at BYU, allegedly. And what BYU is saying is, hey, hey, listen, this is individual's behaviors that you know didn't do this didn't handle this correctly um and what the uh, post P the police the peace officer standards and training is saying no 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 this is this is BYU wide this is within your police department wide and so um they're looking into that see if there's anything that's factual to it all this to say that the the, the big discrepancy is is that there would be um someone who was sexually assaulted at BYU and um if part of that meant uh, that it was reported in a police report that that they had been drinking or that, you know, maybe because BYU is a private school, that that person had been in an opposite sex dormitory after a certain hour or something like that, that um, that the honor code office and the police officer department uh, at BYU was sharing that information and and they shouldn't have been. So that is just one of the things that's coming about this. The investigation is still continuing. They have not made a decision about it, but they are going to push forward saying, hey, we're going to decertify the whole police department, um, which would essentially mean that then the police that um, act on the campus of BYU would need to be Provo Police Department as opposed to BYU's own. So we haven't heard the end of it. We haven't even heard the middle of it, but that's going on as well. Eden. Good. Eden, you need to be sweeter to your mom. All right. Your mom, your mom is a sweetheart and you need to be nicer to her. She'll make you cakes and cookies 
if people if people are looking <laughs> to hire you for the stuff that you do, uh, Janae, where can they find all your design stuff? Oh, um, if you go to probably the best place is just Instagram right now. I took my website down because I'm going to change up a bunch of stuff. But um, if you go to Instagram, diamond at diamond underscore tip underscore design, that's me. And you can find and see all the just absolute gorgeous things that you're doing. I'm going to let you go get back to that sweetheart. Uh, We're going to come back in the third block and we're going to talk about miracles with David Stone. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hey, this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. It's our ultra-mega back-to-school blowout sale. We have hundreds of thousands of dollars of ultra-high-quality laptops and desktops on sale for up to 50% off the original prices. We've got demos, scratch and dents, trade-ins, and funny colored computers. It's crazy. Remember, you get a lifetime service guarantee on any PC Laptops brand computer. That means if you mess up your Windows or you get a virus or spyware, it's covered forever. Got an old yucky computer? No problem. We'll take it in on trade and we'll transfer all your pictures, music, and all your stuff to your PC Laptops computer for free. When you get your computer from PC Laptops, we'll make sure you're taken care of for a lifetime. To make it impossible to resist, we're doing 12-month special financing on any PC laptop's desktop or laptop computer. Have I lost my mind? Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, I'm honored to be joined by an author, David Stone. The name of the book is Touched by God's Miracles. It's modern miracle stories for our time. Now, a couple of things, David, as we get into this. Uh, I want you to know that I am excited to know that you uh, are alive. When you Google search David Stone, the Internet would lead me to believe that David Stone, who is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, was not only a, num- a member of the 70, which I co- sort of sat up in my chair a little bit more than I would, but also that that person was dead. You are neither a 70 nor dead. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be with you, Richie. Now, I need you to know that not only am I excited to be able to talk about God's hands in our lives today, right? We talk so many miracles about this in the scriptures, but we don't talk, I think, enough about seeing God's hand today, those miracles that happen in our lives in the day-to-day, uh, whether they be the grand, miraculous things or just those miracles that we need to, to be able to recognize to be strengthened and know that God is with us. But also there's a, there's a second part of this that, um, that you're completely unaware of, David. There is a person who works on the cultural hall who says, miracles, they're dead. I don't believe him. His name's Kyle. And so part of this, part of you being here to tell people about, um, you know, some of these stories and, and um, recollections of miracles, part of it is to be able to promote your book. Part of it is to promote faith. And part of it is to just say neener, neener to Brother Kyle, who doesn't believe in miracles. And hopefully we can inspire him. So thank you so much for being here. Delighted. <laughs> Delighted. And Brother Kyle, while he may not believe in miracles, he believes in God. 
Sure. And uh, and so God bless him and everybody else on this line. Yeah. And uh, glad to be here with you. I'll I'll just say straight off the bat, it is not only true that miracles exist today, but they are happening around the world. And they are so prevalent that as you come and read these stories, uh, you'll be amazed. So I want to ask so, you, who are you, David Stone, to be writing a mir- about miracles? Why? What, make, what makes you qualified? Did you experience one or are you just passionate about them? Well, two things. Number one is I am passionate about them and I have experienced them. Number two is, is I talk with people here in this country and, and around the world. The miracles have occurred to so many people. And really, this whole book is to help say, hey, miracles exist. They're happening today. And they're actually probably happening in your life. Hmm. And whether you recognize them or not, this book will have you stand back and, and take another look and reflect on your life and think, gee, I guess that was or could have been a miracle. But my, of my background, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's what you're asking in yeah. terms of how did I get to uh, get to uh, put together this book and, and what right authority, if you will, do yeah. I have for that? Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm a born and raised New Yorker, <laughs> west side of Manhattan, West 69th. And for those of you that have been to New York, great city, wonderful city, a lot of people who believe in God. I grew up, my background was part Christian, Catholic, part Jewish. And so a mix of different faiths. And one of the wonderful things about New York is there's a diversity of faiths. I'll I'll share this. There happened to be a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint Chapel, four blocks from my house. I had no clue. (laughs) Um, But ended up at some point traveling over to Europe working, studying in France, um, working in France and Belgium, heading over to England, finding, uh, bumping into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so there's just been a mix of different faiths in my life for generations. Well, not generations. I haven't died and come back. This is just me. (laughs) I was going to say, wait a Uh, minute. You told me that you weren't the one who died and came back. But there has been this there has been this involvement with different faiths, uh, uh, certainly a tradition of faith within your family, not necessarily yes. of, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but a belief in God, a belief in you yes. know a higher power, all of those things. So I would be curious, how is it that you came to be a member of the Church then? Well, that's a great question, and uh, that that's a, a miracle in itself. As I mentioned, right, there's a chapel. Actually, there's a temple of God now four blocks from where I grew up, mm-hmm. and I never knew it, and never would have known it. But God picked me up and said, all right, David, if you're not going to learn about this here in New York, let's get you someplace else. And so um, I found myself uh, studying in France, moving on to a job in Belgium. In Belgium, I met a, there was only one other American in this little town where I was living, northeast of Brussels. Uh, his name was Everett Bailey. And he happened to have been a missionary a year before and happened to be back in the area working for a job. (laughs) And so um, we met and he asked me if I had heard of the church. And the only thing I had heard 
is this is back in the 1980s, mind you. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a big famine in Africa. Thousands and millions of people were starving. And I was going off to Senegal, to Dakar, West Africa, to help with a development agency called Africare. And um, as it turned out, as I was going through the books and records of, of that development agency, I saw a name in terms of their uh, sponsors, those that provided funds for them. And uh, by far, after the U.S. government, by far the largest contributor to them was the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Huh. And as I looked at that, and then this guy in Belgium says, have you ever heard of the church? I thought, well, I've heard something. <laughs> and he asked me, well, would you like to hear more? And all I could think of is, boy, to myself, I've heard a lot of different faiths. I've studied all kinds of things. But sure, you bet, Everett. Tell me what you have. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and the surprising thing, Richie, is that I felt this spirit that I really hadn't felt before. And then I'll just tell you one more funny story. Please. And he said, well, after a while, and we had talked together, he said, would you like to meet the elders of my church? And I thought, "Um, okay, but Everett, are you going to be there? And he (laughs) said, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And I thought, all right. Um, and I was expecting elders, right? Old men, beards. <laughs> yeah, right? maybe Coming walking, maybe walking a little slow, maybe the assistance of a cane or something like that. Sure. Exactly. And these guys were my age. <laughs> and I thought, holy cow, you know, they're my age. They're sincere, right? I, I thought, oh, my goodness, they're talking about this power to give blessings. And I thought, this is incredible. And then then it went on. But um it's been an amazing adventure. I, I left Everett. He gave me a Book of Mormon. I didn't know if it was, you know, really the word of God or not, but I put it in a good spot in my backpack just to, just to be on the safe side. Mm-hmm. If it was God's book, I wanted to treat it right. And then I ended up bumping into the church in the visitor center in London on Exhibition Road in the middle of the night. Why? Because I had gone there to work and found my papers were not right and I legally couldn't work and I was going to get kicked out of the country. And as I walked and walked, not knowing where I was going, I came upon the church and it was open. And and so that really, from that point on, sealed it. I came back to my good Jewish mother in New York and I said, I want to get baptized. And she said, holy cow, what has happened to you? But um, she asked me to go attend a, a synagogue and learn more about Judaism, which I did. Um, but to me, everything pointed to the Savior and to the Messiah. And I felt Jesus Christ was a Messiah, and I wanted to get baptized. And so that was about 30 years ago, and great to be with you today. So I, I want to ask this, though, because professionally what you are is not an author. You're not, you don't work in this space. So the idea of writing a book seems really daunting. Like, I love being able to hear your story and knowing, you know, that how God led you to the church, and certainly uh, that you were even able to be a New Yorker that grew to adult age is a miracle in and of itself. Uh, I think anyone who's been in New York can, can give you that okay. little bit of credit. So so then, uh, where where does it go from, you know, God is, has had his hand in my life, all of these miracles, to I not only uh, believe in miracles, I not only want to share miracles, but I also 
want to write a book and gather these stories from others? Well, okay. So I was I was at lunch with a, a really good friend of mine, and um, her name is Andrea, and she and I would share stories. She's of uh, another faith and um, wonderful, wonderful, inspired woman. Mm -hmm. And as we talk and share stories, I said, Andrea, we've got to put these into a book. This is great. And we ended up not working together on the book, but I just thought, I've got to do this. And then as I, I sat and I thought about it further, I thought, you know, these stories can really help people. And they can boost their faith. They can encourage them. They can give them hope in times of challenge. And as I pondered that and I thought about it, I just felt this prompting from God, if you will, to write and to start. And so honestly, Richie, if I had known how much work was going to be involved, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have begun. But I really felt that prompting. And so I felt the urge to keep going at it. So it's been a three-year effort now wow. to put this book together, to gather the stories. As I as I thought about it, I thought, really, it's not enough. This can't be an LDS book. This has got to be a story about God's love for his children everywhere. And so I needed to find stories across the country and around the world. And so that's what I've been working on. I've been in touch with family, friends, work colleagues, cousins. I, I've even interviewed an Uber driver or two <laughs> to, to find the stories. And they've been wonderful and remarkable. Each one is a testament that God is there and he loves us. And it doesn't matter who you are, what your faith is, God loves you and miracles happen. And so that that's what has prompted me to do this. And you're right, I'm not an author. And so if you read the book and you say, oh, I think the writing is really poor, <laughs> then I'd simply say, forget the writing so much. Yeah. See what the stories have to share with you. See what you get from that. But I've had some wonderful people. I had a former elementary, might be middle school teacher named Charlene Wardrop, and, and she was terrific. And she helped edit and review each of the stories. And I had a wonderful I call my publishing manager. His name is Jacob Hansen. He's actually a student at uh, BYU now. Oh, wow. And uh, he's been terrific. He's helped me put the, the book together, get it formatted, get it out on Amazon, build the website. And so uh, anyhow, I'll give a shout out to Jacob because he's been wonderful. You know, we, we won't have enough time to obviously go into each and every one of the stories. And I'm not going to ask you to give me your favorite because... I think whenever I ask a favorite question, people go, oh, there's too many to pick. How could I possibly, whatever, you know, all that setup is. But I would be curious to get an idea of maybe the type of story uh, that we would get from the book. I would ask you to share one of the miracles that you share within the book. You can paraphrase it, of course, uh, depending on the length of the story. But I would be curious to sure. know about like one of the one of the miracles that we might read about. Super. So. There's so many. Let me give you an overview of some of the stories. Okay. First. And if you go to the website, which is www.touchedbygodsmiracles.com, you'll see a map of the world where miracles have occurred. Oh, cool. And they, you see, there are little stars on it, a colored star for where the contributor who shared that story is from. 
and where that miracle occurred. And so we have miracles in the book across five continents, right? North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. There's a really touching story about a a newlywed couple leaving Syria, right? During the refugee crisis and, and somehow God preserving their lives in the midst of that. It's, uh, there are other stories. There's a story about two missionaries in Brazil where one of the missionary's legs is severed during, as he fell from a train and somehow miraculously an angel appeared and helped them get to a, a facility. You'll, you'll read about that. There's a story about a little girl in New York City who's crossing the streets on the Lower East Side and an angel suddenly steps out because she's not thinking and she's walking out in against a red light. And somehow uh, this kind man stands there, walks with her across the street and then vanishes and saves her. And so there's a host. One of my stories that I've shared in the book, one that's important, well, they're all important to me, but there's one that, that really touched me. That was one about my cousin, Gail. Gail was my, my mom's, she was the daughter of my mom's brother, my, my uncle. Mm-hmm. And um, my uncle and Gail died tragically when Gail was just a little girl. Mm. And um, we were in the temple in Washington, D.C. And I was there helping to perform ceiling ordinance for, for Gail. And, um, and while I was there, I, I felt, I heard this voice talk to me that said, thank you for remembering me. And uh, I didn't see her, but I felt her and I heard that voice. And um, I know that miracles exist today. I know we're tight on time. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say, I hope you enjoy the stories. One of the things we're doing with the book is we're going to give 20% of the proceeds to charities around the world where the stories come from. And so We'll kick that off with a donation to the Utah Food Bank this winter because people are in need. And there's two key premises from the book. One is that God hears your prayers and he'll answer them. Maybe not always in the way we expect, but he'll answer them. Number two is that while God exists, so do we, and we can help each other. And so one of the premises of the book is that is let's go out there. Let's not wait for God to do everything. He's given us an ability to act for ourselves. So it doesn't matter where people are from. doesn't matter their faith. If people are in need, let's help them. Yeah. And so that's that's the purpose and premise of the book. And Richie, it's it's really been terrific to be with you and, and speak with you here. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. You know, uh, the message of hope, you know, for a lot of people, 2020 has been a just... <laughs> Just a bugger of a year it's, <laughs> would be the it, understatement. It's been a year. Would be the understatement of uh, the century. Um, but to be able to turn our our hope and our faith to God and knowing, you know, that He's at the hand of everything, and that maybe we don't see it now, or we don't see how we could possibly find our way through whatever it is that's happening. Um, that that very much God is a God of of miracles, and and that He He through His power and through the 
the uh, abilities and, and through his people, right? We can be the, the miracles for other people. I think that's a very, very sweet message. People can find a link to your book in the show notes according to this episode. We'll also give a link to the uh, website so they can see where all the different miracles have occurred and, and uh, be able to, um, to make a purchase and be able to find out more about you and about your book. There are three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall, David, oh. and I'll ask those okay. of you right now. The first question is, do you have a calling right now, sir? And if so, what is it? Um, yes, I have a calling, <laughs> and I am a, I'm on the stake audit committee. Okay. There's a numbers guy. You know what? They called me and I said, okay, yeah, I had. That. I am here to serve. My, my grandfather served on the stake auditing committee for like 35 years. He loved it, loved what it was, loved that he could. It was sort of an end of the fiscal year, I think, if I remember correctly. And he just was like, it's the greatest calling. I do it when I do it. I can do it perfectly. And then when I'm done with that calling, I'm done. So never release me from this calling. If you could pick, though, a calling for yourself, this is the second question. If you could pick one, doesn't matter if it's a real calling or not, what would you pick? This is what I would do, right? I, I'm a convert to the church. When I went back to graduate school and um, I, fi I graduated with all kinds of debt, I finally got through most of that and put in my papers to serve a mission. And I was told, thank you very much, but keep working and get married. Hmm. Well, reasonable. I was 29, pushing 30. <laughs> and, and so um, what I would love to do is I'd love to serve a mission with my wife. That's what I'd love to do. Well, you'll, you may very well have that opportunity to do that. I hope you do and, uh, and, and get that and uh, a unique experience for sure, no matter when and how you serve, whether it's full time or, or whatever it is, the, the value in, in just turning your time over to God and being like, hey, what are we doing today? Cool. Let's go do that thing. Let's uh, go do it. The last question we ask everyone, uh, I will ask you right now, and you may interpret it however you would like, but the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? My favorite part of my faith? That is a good question. You know what? I'll, I'll share this, Richie. I love my faith in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I love the relationship it's given me with God and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I love the covenants that I've made with my wife and made individually. Um, I'm excited. One of the things that I'm excited about with this book is I'm excited to share the wonderful things about God. That's what I love. And so I love that about my faith personally and about God and God's kindness to all of us. Well, David, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen to it this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen to it next week, and that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show. Ow! Say bye-bye, Richie. Can you say bye-bye? Bye. -bye? bye.